0: Welcome to my podcast. I don't know how it happened, but with me, Annie Hayes Pantney, yoga business owner, actress, and definitely menopausal. For years, I wanted to do stand up, but hey, I'm not funny. So I thought at least if I come on here, I won't get heckled. I'd love you to join me on this crazy little ride called Midlife. So if you're a woman on this roller coaster and you'd like, tips, advice, insight into my research on signs and symptoms, I can hopefully help you through yours. It'll be inspirational, playful, educational and thought-provoking, funny, witty, sometimes gritty, and possibly the occasional tears. So, hey, grab a cuppa, get comfy, and join me, the host, with my foggy brain and... and, um... Hey... Why don't you just listen? Welcome, ladies. Thanks for tuning in again. This is episode two of season two. And, well, I have a guest with me today. It's not just me alone. Um, Yeah, I've got a lovely guest and she's been on before. So you'll meet her in a second. I just wanted to... um, do you like it when you get somebody who can give you a really good recommendation of an evening out? Well, let me tell you. Go and see Les Mis at the Sondheim Theatre. Oh my goodness. It is. It's remarkable. Like, I'm not kidding. It's absolutely amazing. And um, I know they did the concert version for quite some time and now that it's moved back into its theatre, it is just the rick scale. Good. Really good. Get your tissues out and everything. So yeah, I would highly recommend you uh, go to see that. I've been treading the boards a little bit as well uh, last week and the week four doing some murder mystery shows at different restaurants. You can tell that the people are changing a little bit as in people are really letting their hair down, drinking a lot. It's nearly Christmas kind of behavior, uh, but it was great. My brain worked. I got through all my lines again, you know. Foggy brain and all that, remember? Keep learning new things. So, hey, learn a script, even if you're not an actress. Um, Anyway, so let's do this thing and... Here we go. Find Emma easily. So, well, I would like to just welcome you along, Emma, because it's been a long time since we spoke, and the lovely audience won't know that I've had to cancel two weeks just because I couldn't even speak. So, hello and welcome. Hi, hi,
1: Annie. Lovely to be here again. and um, yeah, you you sound absolutely fine. So, don't worry about uh, not being unwell for two weeks. And um, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? And I think I'm oh, a little absolutely. bit croaky today
0: as well. So. Don't worry. We'll We'll croak away together, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, listeners, so we've realized that last week was World Vegan Day, so we decided what a great opportunity to actually talk about vegan foods and how that can affect our hormones and our menopause. And I know, Emma, that I had some questions about, I remember writing to you once asking about... um, well, getting enough calcium in our diet if you don't, um, you know, drink dairy or eat any dairy. So we'll definitely cover that today. So, well, I know that you have, um, you know, a really good idea of why it's so important to eat more plants and why is it so good? So I'm going to ask you, why? Why?
1: Well, I think the thing is, um, with eating plants, I mean, um, you know, nature gave us plants for our health, didn't they? So, yeah, Mother Nature, should I say, not they. Um, She gave us plants um, to enhance our health. Um, And the vegan movement, um, or eating plant-based, has become really, really popular in the last, um, or I'd say the last 10 Sort of eight eight to ten years, I think. The vegan uh, Veganuary was launched in two thousand and fourteen, which kind of kickstarted kind of the vegan movement more in social media. Um, But you know, so veganism and eating plant-based is a lot more than just um, basket weaving and quinoa Mm. and mung bean stews now. Um, You know, it's come a long, long way, Um, and I think especially with the younger generation but when the younger generation start doing something the older generation eventually catch up as well um, and as we're you know of that age annie <laughs> no um, god absolutely you know we kind of jump on the bandwagon as well but what i think the younger generation forget is that it's been around for donkey's years and we did it all the years i know ago anyway. they, they think they invented it don't they <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, you know so I've been eating vegan food since I was 18 or 19. Um, I'm not vegan myself, um, but I do eat a lot of plant-based and vegan food. And that's because my mum and my brother are both both vegans. So I grew Mm -hmm. up with that thing. And it really was mung bean stews and quinoa in those days. So I've been eating it for a long time. But just with regards to why plants are so good for us, you know, more plants, more equals more nutrients, equals more colour, um, which means that that improves our gut health. Um, and when our gut health is improved and our gut health is better, our overall health is better, um, which then means we have better gut bugs, which means our livers are better. And our livers are really important in menopause and perimenopause for processing um, excess estrogen that we don't need anymore um, and for sorting out our hormones in general. So eating more plants has a direct impact on our hormones. Um, not only because of our liver and the digestion, but also because our gut bugs produce um, our guts produce serotonin, yeah. and serotonin is in our gut. You know, so more we'll feed our gut. get more serotonin get more happy you know so there's all those benefits Um, another benefit of plants is high fiber so plants are high fiber which generally means that that extra fiber can mop up um, cholesterol and when we get to menopause and perimenopause our cholesterol increases um, our overall cholesterol increases and that means that we're more at risk of cardiovascular disease which is one of the biggest killers of women um in the uk so or in probably in the world it's scary isn't it it is scary so you know that means more plants we're lowering that risk of high cholesterol as well certainly and then obviously like i said at the beginning plants have got loads of color which means they've got loads of nutrients which means they've got antioxidants and phytochemicals in which generally lower things like inflammation which again, impacts our whole body and impacts our stress, which we know in menopause and perimenopause, we have an increase in stress. Yeah. So it really is win-win. You can't really, you know, you can't do wrong if you don't, if you eat eat more plants.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And what you just um, kind of said then about the joints and inflammation, I know myself, and I've definitely spoken about this before, my joints, if I eat maybe a little bit too much sugar or alcohol, boy, oh boy, even my thumbs hurt. Like, literally, I get this stiffness in my thumbs and my wrist. So I do know, and from people who've written to me uh, with questions, it definitely is about, like, God, what's going on with my joints? I can feel achy. Um, so out of, say, so if we were to break down, let's break down, the the vegan diet, so we know, don't we, Emma, that we need lots of protein. Yeah. So, how could you kind of so absolutely describe so nice. what people could eat there?
1: So that is one of the things in in being a vegan. It's quite easy to think, okay, I've got loads to eat. I can eat loads of plants, um, and then there's loads of pasta, loads of bread, loads of rice, and you sort of mm-hmm. think, you know, you've got a big full plate of all that. But what a lot of people and a lot of vegan diets are actually um, low in is protein. And what happens is when we get to menopause and perimenopause, our um, need for protein actually increases. So if you're eating vegan or plant-based in midlife, you really do need to be more aware of your protein sources. So every single meal that you have, you know, not even if you're not vegan or, or plant-based, you need to think about protein. We're talking vegan today. So every meal that you have, think where is my protein coming yeah. from? Um, you know, it's so easy to just fill up on carbohydrates um, like rice and pasta and bread, um, because they do fill us up, but they're the things that send our hormones into chaos. Yes. So protein is what keeps us full for longer and will help balance our blood sugar and will just help our hormones altogether. So the way that we can do that in being plant-based is um, a lot of plants do actually contain um, proteins, but they contain smaller amounts of protein. Um, And so we need proteins are made up of amino acids, which are um, what make up the protein. And there's nine essential amino acids, which means that there's loads of amino acids, but there's nine essential ones. And there's only three plant-based foods that contain all those Three amino amino acids, and that's buckwheat. Oh, now I'm going to have to think: soybeans and quinoa. And so, if you include those three things in your diet, then you're going to be doing well. But what you can also do is do a combination of different plant uh, proteins that have um, plant-based foods that have proteins in that then combine to get those essential um, amino acids. So, think of this like grains and legumes. So, like pasta with peas. Um, beans with rice, um, whole grain bread with peanut butter. So it's combining the two things. So like beans on toast, for instance, that's a Mm -hmm. really good one that people kind of, people demonize baked beans. But, you know, beans, whole grain toast, complete protein. And then there's nuts and seeds and legumes. So chickpeas and tahini, so hummus. Yeah um lentils and almonds so if you're making like a lentil dal or something or a lentil soup sprinkle over some toasted almonds with it um, and then roasted nuts and seeds with peanuts so like things like um you know you get those indian snacks and things yeah. that have yeah. um, they often have peanuts in as well and that's a, because the combat i mean they are deep fried so be careful of that but mm. generally you're mixing those proteins together so it's just about being really savvy in when you're being a when you're eating plant based to just make sure that you are including um, protein at every meal. Um, so things like scrambled tofu for breakfast, nut butters in smoothies, um, chia seeds with in you know vegan pancakes, mm-hmm. um, chia seeds and linseeds, walnuts, nuts in your smoothies, that kind of thing. Lunches just making sure that you've got comprehensive salads with beans, quinoa. And loads of veg and, and fruit. Um, not well, you can put fruit in salad, but you know that. Kind I of do. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I do I like do it, yeah, <laughs> um, love it. Soups. Yeah. Make sure you add in in a tin of ti- a tin of beans to the soup yeah. to make yeah. it, you know, protein. Lentils in soups. The same with dinner. You know, making sure that you're utilising all those tinned lentils and beans that we get um, for convenience. And don't be ashamed of using packets of quinoa and things like that for convenience. So it's just about thinking about every single meal. Mm. And often what I see a lot of plant-based and vegan people doing is they might do one meal really good, but the other two meals, like breakfast and lunch, they might not do their proteins very well. Yeah, And that means that their blood sugar is imbalanced and then they might snack then in the afternoon on the incorrect or the not-so-great snacks. Mm. Um, so you just need to be aware of that. So every single meal you have, think, where's the protein coming yeah. from?
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And and um, I know before you've said, like, take it easy on the carbohydrates. Now, I know that we do need carbohydrates for energy. So where do we stand yeah. with that like how would you explain to people well yes we do need carbohydrates but it's getting the correct sources of carbohydrates isn't it
1: yeah that's right so like i mean i don't like to say good and bad kind of thing no, but absolutely. generally with car- with um carbohydrates we think of um fast releasing carbohydrates that spike our blood sugar um like white bread white pasta baked goods biscuits that kind of thing and then our um better uh, carbohydrates, a slow release, like a whole grain breads and uh, sweet potatoes and um, some potatoes, whole grain rice, that kind of thing. So we're thinking along the whole grain thing. So when I say take it easy on the carbs, I, I mean, just kind of watch those white carbs and those yes. starchy carbs and don't overdo it on those because vegetables and fruit are carbohydrates. So yes. we just, you know, we can include those in, but they're, you know, they're also full Of vitamins minerals nutrients phytonutrients whereas the white bread and pasta it doesn't have any of those nutrients and they've all been stripped away Mm -hmm. so when I say take it easy on the carbs I mean take it easy on those those kind of excess um white starchy carbs and you know they're fine to have but just limit them yeah of course
0: it's that thing isn't it Emma we've said before about the did we give it about 80% as long as you're kind of 80 20 yeah yeah
1: exactly because Because you've got to live you know Um, of course you do but the thing is what i will just say is that you know in menopause and perimenopause one of the biggest problems that women have is they have this weight around the middle Mm -hmm. that they you know a lot of women complain about and that is driven by insulin um and spikes in insulin and cortisol and you know high cortisol yeah and the biggest thing you can do wrong is eat those white starchy carbs they drive that insulin as well and so if you're kind of you know you're stressed as well as not eating the right foods and that will just stop and cause that middle weight gain so that's the thing that you need to be really aware of that it doesn't help you might taste you know what's that saying a moment on the lips a lifetime oh, yeah. on the hips yes <laughs> and like it kind of like you know it's kind of it's true. that except um, now it's right around the middle it's exactly it's it's, moved, the it's not on the hips, hips. now it's around <laughs> it's the middle and it up. certainly isn't going anywhere so you know you'll do yourself a lot of favors in your perimenopause journey progressing into menopause to be aware of those
0: um high carbohydrate foods which spike our insulin mm. that sometimes I hear people say, um, oh, God, yeah, but I just haven't got time to cook a decent meal for myself. So I, you know, I do sometimes buy ready meals or processed. Why would you say that it really is important to keep away or keep them to a minimum, processed foods?
1: Um, so, you know, I think everything has its place. So all processed mm. foods, you know, like we said, the 80, 20, or they have their place. Yeah. Um, and it is quite easy to just reach for those and you get into, I think a lot of the time, a lot of ladies, um, it's they're busy and they struggle and because it's easier and it's almost a habit that they just reach yeah. for those sort of things. But you know, the processed highly processed foods, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the ones that you can get. You can get some really good ready meals these days that are actually, like, fresher, and they've got yes. three of your five a day in, and they, they take into account all this sort of, like, you know, they've got a balance of healthy fats and protein. Mm-hmm. Even those I would keep to a minimum of, like, once or twice a week. But highly processed um, foods have extra chemicals in and extra um, sort of sweeteners and fillers and, uh, you know, things that don't really... Um, do much for our hormones we don't really want them in our body you know they're kind of toxic to our body um and so they cause inflammation what we just spoke about earlier on about you know the aching joints and that people that have higher levels of um processed highly processed foods have more inflammation um so you know you want to be keeping away from that but th- our gut bugs don't like them either so it's bad for our mm-hmm. guts, bad for inflammation you know it's bad overall but because of the vegan trend, what's happened is that, like, the, you know, the food industry has jumped on that bandwagon and started yeah. creating, like, fake meats, yes. fake cheeses, um, you know, that kind of thing, um, ready meals, which is absolutely great for variety and choice. Um, and, you know, vegans are missing out on burgers and that like, you can get burgers that look and taste like burgers, yeah. you know. And that you know, and that's great as an occasional treat. But with that comes highly processed, um, you know, meat, whatever they do, it's highly processed. Mm. And a lot of those things contain cellulose and things which they can't get broken down by our body. And so our gut bugs don't like them. So it's about, you know, keeping to that 80-20 rule Mm. of just thinking plant-based should be plants. You know, it should be based on real plants, not fake things. And I always wouldn't, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a vegan, so I would never eat a vegan burger Mm-hmm. Because I would just have a meat burger, but I would always choose like a bean burger or something if I wanted yes. to have a plant based one. Because I, I, so I don't understand that that kind of I need to have a pretend burger that no. bleeds. Because <laughs> sometimes they, you know, they have beetroot juice so, as all that. So I guess it's just a theatre of it. Um, but I would always choose plants because they are plants. not yes. Because they're trying to masquerade themselves yeah. as um, as meat. It's funny,
0: isn't it? Because I I think that there's it it kind of misleads people because you definitely think vegan healthy. Yeah. And now, like you say, all of a sudden, just because they're trying to make money out of being a vegan, they then, like you say, have made all these like processed foods. Yeah. So it's that knowledge of knowing. Just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy unless it's actually plant based. And you're making it yourself, really,
1: I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? When you come, if you get a a plant based burger um, that's like a real burger, in that comes a bun, then it comes like a, a piece of fake vegan cheese then it comes like vegan mayonnaise and all the sauces and then before you know it you've got a whole big kind of dirty burger or whatever they want to call them you know and which is great for occasional eating you know if if you want to have a treat that's great but just remember to stick to plant-based um and real plants because that's where Mm. you're going to get the most benefits and most I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's um, highly popular, but most people that eat vegan do generally eat quite healthily and quite well. But yeah. there is like a trend where this, where the popularity of the fast food has increased. It has meant that, that we're seeing more of those kind of processed, highly processed foods. Just check
0: the ingredients yeah, exactly. to know and what it, it is that you are actually eating.
1: Yeah, and, and it is worth mentioning there are some absolutely fantastic Vegan um, and plant-based products out there that use real, real ingredients, and you know, and and, and even though they're sort of like fake burgers or whatever, they've still got loads of really good ingredients in there. So it's worth mentioning that it's not all processed. No, absolutely. You know, it is just being more wary and just reading the labels. It's like anything. If you read a label and it's got more than five ingredients you don't know what they are, then just kind of put that back on the shelf. It's just not worth
0: um, eating. And, and obviously you go by, I always look at the first, you know, with anything, like what are the first two ingredients, yeah. you know, always, if it's sugar, put it back. <laughs> yeah. And because, um, well, yeah, they, they just, I know it's vegan right now that we're talking about. So this doesn't really count, but say the loaf, although no, it might actually, but I'm kind of thinking of those creamy things where um, people, where it's got like less fat, but then you yeah. realize all they're doing is adding sugar to that anyway, so you're better off having the fat yeah, if it's exactly. good fats. I think it's like any processed
1: foods; they take away. If they take away fat, they're going to have to add sugar and salt to make it taste better. If they take yeah. away sugar and salt, they're going to have to add fat yeah. or fake sweetness to make it taste better. So it's about just being wary and reading the labels yeah. and sticking to natural foods as best you
0: can. Yeah, I'm always wary of anything that says low in anything because like you say they put something else back instead haven't they so that question I asked at the beginning because I am really interested in this so the calcium side of things and how that works along with protein Um, obviously if vegans are not eating dairy at all which they don't where can they get a really good source of calcium from?
1: So with calcium, it's kind of a bit of a, a red herring um, because, mm-hmm. you know, calcium, yes, it's in dairy, but it's also in loads of things like pulses, tahini, tofu, and fortified foods. So actually, most vegans aren't actually deficient in calcium at all Okay. Um, because they naturally consume it in the pulses, the tahini and the tofu, and the fortified milks and things that they tend to eat. Um, so it doesn't really tend to be a problem, be much of a problem actually. Um, with regards to somebody that isn't plant-based or vegan, that does just maybe doesn't eat dairy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not necessarily always a problem. We have much more of a. Um, we're probably lower in other minerals than we are in calcium, okay. uh, like mi- uh, magnesium, that kind of thing. So actually, I think it's just one of those things that you know it was. Probably brought about by a dairy farm and the dairy industry years ago saying you need to eat you need to drink milk to get your calcium for your strong bones And, and yes of course calcium does help with bones and stuff but there's so many sources that you can get it from elsewhere um so you know i don't think calcium is you shouldn't really worry too much about calcium um with regards to um not eating dairy because you can get it from so many other sources so as long as you're including um you know pulses and um things like tahini tofu sesame seeds that kind of thing then you'll be getting it you'll be getting enough of it and 45 milks and And
0: so do do you think that um for menopause and perimenopause women that it isn't essential that they have dairy Um, I I don't think it is essential, no. Um,
1: I think you need to make sure you're getting the calcium from somewhere. Mm. Um, So, you know, if you're not having uh, dairy and you're not having any other sources of calcium, then you need to be thinking about where is my calcium coming from? But as long as you're considering that, then you definitely need to be thinking, um, you know, where's the calcium coming from? As long as you're considering that, then there's no reason that you need to eat dairy. A lot of um, women in perimenopause and menopause actually struggle with dairy um, and they find that removing dairy from their diet is actually really beneficial for a lot of symptoms yeah um but, I
0: definitely did I gave it up yeah um, because honestly
1: I, mean, I, I don't eat I don't have dairy yeah um so I occasionally have a little bit of butter but generally I don't de- you know that's the only dairy that I have—a um, little bit of butter and occasionally a bit of feta cheese, which is goat's che- uh, goat dairy. Um, but actually, I don't have any cow dairy, um, and that is because, again, I found relief, relief, relief with some of my symptoms as well. Um, you know, there's there's evidence around histamine, um, so uh, reactions. As he- there's evidence around headaches. There's evidence around um, hormonal. Uh, Problems that women have, like endometriosis, Ecos, uh, those sort of hormone problems that women have, um, heavy bleeding and things, um, can often be um, reduced when, once dairy is removed, um, because dairy can be is anti-inflammatory. Not anti-inflammatory is in so removing it is 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 good as part of an anti-inflammatory diet. What I'll say is that you just need to be aware like I said before when you take anything out of your diet you need to see what you're taking out and what are you going to replace those lost nutrients with and as long as you're Mm -hmm. considering that and that's why it's really important um, to work with somebody like myself or to speak to your GP about when you are removing and taking things out of your diet that you're doing it safely and you're doing it with full knowledge of what Um, you're going to be missing out on how you can replace those lost nutrients. It's just worth noting as well that it's not suitable for everyone. Not everyone needs to remove dairy and not everyone should remove dairy. Um, It's personal choice on each individual so I'm not advocating that everyone should remove dairy. I'm just saying everyone has a something that they find is useful for them yeah. um you know and there's many many good things about dairy so just so that everyone oh, no, knows totally, that, totally you know that they can you know it's everyone's individual you need to look at your whole, your whole biochemistry and everything as a whole before you make yeah. it make Those decisions, but I, I eat a lot of okay. plant based foods, um, you know, and I have um, meat occasionally, um, I have I, I like eggs, um, and I have fish, um, but I don't eat that much meat, um, mm. and and no dairy, so you know, and then I probably have three or four days a week that I, that I eat plant based, um, and the rest of the time I eat, um, you know, a little bit of fish, a little bit of meat, um, and
0: yeah. kind of thing. So, no, no, but it's good, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. good to know that you know, for people who do want to and who are not complete vegans, that it's like 80-20 yet again, yeah, you know, just exactly. thinking about what you are giving your body. I mean, I was really excited um the other day because I hadn't made a nut roast before. <laughs> um, I don't know what I've been having, but I have never actually made a nut roast. And I made my first one on Sunday. Um, And it was like, that was all right, you know. And there's so many different recipes out there. You yeah, know, you you only have to Google it and you can and it comes up with and I just literally Googled about four different ones, made the mishmash of all of them. <laughs> I like just yeah, and didn't actually have to go and buy anything. It was whatever I had in my cupboards, it all went in and it came out great. I was really yeah. impressed with myself. So, <laughs> so, a little tip for you, Annie,
1: stuff that well, nut roast mixture inside a pumpkin or a butternut squash. And then carve it. So you've got like a slice and then you've got a slice of the nut roast with the, um, the butternut squash on the outside. That's quite a nice ah. little, little tip. I do that for a uh, family
0: family vegan Christmas dinners. Oh, I no, hang you. on a minute. Right, so you get a butternut squash. This is live here, ladies, and you're getting this great bit of advice on a new dinner to do. Yeah, so, so you, either a butternut squash or a pumpkin, because um, mm-hmm. like,
1: you can get those nice little round, small different types of squashes and pumpkins. Um, chop it in, carve it in half. So you've yep. got two halves. Yep. Scoop out the flesh, and not yep. all the flesh, but some of the flesh and the seeds. Prepare your, you know, your nut roast mixture, whatever you want to, you know, you're sticking in there. Stuff it inside the hollow of the pumpkin. Yeah. Then pop the two sides together again. Wrap it in some tin foil or some parchment paper and then just roast it in the oven for however long. However long. What would you say? What, so, um, well, I guess 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Probably. And... Another, and then take that. the foil off before the end, rub it in a bit of, um drizzle over a little bit of salt and olive oil and then pop it in for the last few minutes so the skin
0: on the outside crisps and then you can eat the whole thing. I'm very excited about that because the one little thing about my nut roast, it did crumble a bit, it didn't yeah. quite stay. All I've ticked, got a recipe, but... Annie, I'll
1: send it to you afterwards. Oh, <laughs> well, please do. I, I did a, a few years ago I had a, a client that came to me um uh-huh. for some help, she wanted to know what she was having her family for Christmas dinner and she'd never cooked um, a Christmas dinner before she was newly married and she got all the in coming and she came to me for like six weeks we spent six weeks um one day a week where she came and we did all cooking and one of them one of them was a Christmas dinner and they were vegans um part of the family were vegans so we did this stuffed uh, pumpkin and yeah it went down a treat so oh again, my goodness. recipe somewhere so oh I'll
0: please, do. please do please dig that out And I'll share that with my listeners too. Yeah. Um, What do you think of um, soy supplements and and foods and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. um, What I will say
1: is not all soy is created equal. Okay. So what does that mean? (laughs) Okay. So like that. um, So soy is a great alternative source of protein for people on a plant-based diet and -hmm. vegan diet, and often that will form quite a big part of. Of a diet, a plant-based diet and in perimenopause and menopause it's really good to actually eat um, soy because it has phytoestrogens in which mimic the action of estrogen in our own body Um, and so they can help with reduction of symptoms like hot flushes and night sweats Um, and they can also help with fluctuating levels of estrogen. But, and this is the but, and this right. all is all, is created equal. Avoid um, processed GMO soy and opt for unsweetened, organic, unprocessed soy. So things like miso, temper, organic um, milk and yogurt, and organic tofu. So you want the less processed yep. form of soy, and you want to have organic if possible. Okay. That's when I mean not created equal because the like, processed foods, they will generally have not the best sort of sources of soy. So, you know, when you're, you, you're buying tofu, you can get organic tofu. Yeah. It's like, it's not even that expensive. It's like two pound, two pound 50 for a block, which mm-hmm. will see you, you know, a lot of nice um two, two or three dinners or lunches or whatever. Um, And then, like I said, the miso paste is a really nice one because that adds a really nice, um kind of i think it's the unami flavor which is that Mm. salty savory type taste um yeah and then you can obviously get um soy milk and soy yogurt but try to go for organic if possible
0: okay okay and unsweetened as well um if possible yeah definitely it's it's like the um I love a frothy coffee <laughs> and that's never been quite as easy without dairy milk. Um, but I definitely found that when, I, and this isn't the soy milk, but when I've been drinking nut milk and if it doesn't say unsweetened on it, I'd make a coffee and it's like, oh my God, this this coffee tastes like it's got sugar in it. Yeah. Like, oh no. And I can't stand, you know, sweet coffee. I don't like it. Yeah. All. So it's the same thing, isn't it? Sometimes you just don't even realise it. You just think, "Oh, brilliant!" You know, cashew milk or and um, almond milk, but actually, it's sweetened. Yeah, that's right. So you have to be careful with that. Yeah, and
1: I'm the same as you. I don't like sweetened um, hot drinks either. So, right. you know, it is a real shock. I think I once went somewhere and and I had a like a latte. Uh, with I think it was an almond milk latte it was so sweet I was thinking have they put that syrup in it or something and it was yeah. just because it had got like a sweetened it was a sweetened version of it yeah um and I think you know if you're making fr- frothy coffee have you not tried oat milk
0: I don't think it froths very well oh, I think oat milk froths really well do you um, yeah. oh I'm really fussy though I'm like the more froth. Uh, froth the better that's one thing i really i need.
1: mean there is a brand um of oat milk uh, which I'll, i will i'll mess i'll tell you the yeah. brand later <laughs> but they actually have um a barista version okay it's supposed to be more frothy but what i will say is that um a lot of the ones that have there they have emulsifiers in. so have a little bit of oil in which I don't think it does something. So you want to go for milks that have three ingredients. There's a really good brand that just have three ingredients in all of their milks and it's water, salt, a pinch of salt, and then the nut or the oat that they're using. Okay. And that brand is I really like that brand because they only have three ingredients. Um, the, the hazelnut milk is really, really nice. So, um, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I, yeah, I need to know what that is. We'll see. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it, it just is. It's so misleading sometimes, isn't it? Like, yeah. I if I hadn't drank that as a heated coffee, because it doesn't say sweetened, it no. just says when one is unsweetened. Yes, exactly. And I just think that's really misleading because you genuinely think, oh, hang on a minute, I'm buying. This nut milk yeah and so it's great yeah exactly so you have to you know yeah you just have to be always aware of what's you know yes in your basket as they (laughs) say yeah (laughs) Um, that's right it's true though isn't it yeah so at the moment then you're you have um a little freebie to share is that right I, i do yes so um It's a three-day
1: sort of like vegan meal plan. So it's like, it's called um, Eat Like a Vegan. Is it Eat Like a Vegan at the Weekend? I haven't decided what I'm calling it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically just a three-day meal plan so that you can cook, so you can eat on the weekend it's like a long weekend i guess or if you want to incorporate like meat free monday so saturday sunday monday um so it's a three day meal plan um which just gives you three breakfasts three lunches and three dinners they're completely plant based um, and are balanced as well so they've got uh-huh. every meal has you know healthy fats protein and um some fiber and some complex carbohydrates to make sure that you've got um you know a good balance of all the nutrients that you need and you can yeah they can get that it'll be in the link in my bio um on instagram or
0: i'm yeah. sure that we'll you'll be able to put No, it i'll put it on this and um, so that people can get that yeah I, i've already told you i want it so yeah <laughs> i'm very excited about that and now i'm going to get a recipe for nut roast too so oh yeah <laughs> win-win i'm very excited. No, I really appreciate you coming back to talk to me, and because I know that you're full of um, wisdom when it comes to nutrition, and it it just is so important, isn't it, in these menopause and perimenopause years that women get this, you know, um, help and support, and really know that they're putting the right thing into their body. That's right. Um, I
1: think it's just worth mentioning as well one point we haven't really covered it in a vegan diet you might need to supplement it's important to make sure that you're covering all those nutrients so vitamin b12 vitamin d iron omega 3 um, vitamin a iodine and zinc can all be deficient in a vegan diet because they're only available in um, animal foods or our body converts them to the form that we need but quite poorly um, so it's worth considering, um, supplementing, um,
0: in a vegan diet or plant-based diet. How, how basically, how would people know that they are deficient in those? Would you really suggest, cause uh, do you think it's, um, not the best option to just all of a sudden start taking supplements? Yes. Cause I know it can be, you know, detrimental to your health if you're taking more than you need. Yeah. Um, so exactly. So
1: um, I think that's the thing, you know, just be wary of supplements. Don't just suddenly randomly start taking yes. them. But it's pretty much guaranteed in a vegan diet that you're going to be deficient in B, in vitamin B12. And that's um, a really important one. And that's thing. a really important one for, um, you know, for brain health um, yes. and, you know, for brain function. Um, and what often with B12 is that um, your body stores it for around about three to four years. So what can happen is when you you might um, be eating an animal-based diet and then move on to a plant-based diet. And for three to four years, you feel absolutely fantastic and feel absolutely great. And then your body's stores are kind of being depleted. And you can get some B12 from fortified foods like marmite, um, nutritional yeast, and fortified milk and bread and things like that. But after that three to four years, your body then has run out of the stores and you start feeling unwell, but you think... Well, it can't be my vegan diet because I've been a vegan for three or four oh, years. So interesting. And you think, oh, this is really weird, and it doesn't really occur um, that it could be the vegan diet, and you know, and it's not the vegan diet as such. It's just that your vitamin, your B12 is now depleted, and you need to consider thinking about getting some B12. So it's really important to consider that is probably one you're definitely going to be thinking about replenishing oh, right. um, and then obviously iron again you know you can have problems with iron especially in perimenopause and menopause because we bleed you know men- menstruation and things like that can increase um, and so if you're eating plant-based or vegan you can then increase blood loss and if you're not getting it from food you can be deficient in iron but again don't just go and take an iron supplement get a test you know go yes. gp ask for a test
0: yeah. um you know, that's, that's so interesting about the B12 and how yeah. you store it for four years yeah. or three to four years. You know, it's two, three, four,
1: depending on how much yeah. you've had and that kind of thing. But generally, the decline starts and then people see that. And vitamin D, we all need vitamin D. Absolutely, and we're not you know, getting enough sunshine. So that's sunshine one of those things. So. Um, zinc, the, the thing with zinc is that plant-based foods contain a lot of zinc, but they also contain a lot of phytic acid, which impairs the absorption of zinc. Right, and so when you eat a lot of zinc-based foods, you then obviously have the impairment of the absorption. So you need to consider that as well. Right.
0: No, that's no, it's brilliant. I
1: yeah, mean, but that just get in touch with me. Um, you know, if anybody wants tip. to discuss this further or we can explore that. But like I said, I'll pop a, an article up on my website, um, which will then link to all the information about our supplements, so they can get a bit more of in-depth
0: information. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. Oh, Emma, it's such a joy to speak to you. And um, time just goes so fast whenever I speak to you. Always. I know. I (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. No worries. And I know that um, my listeners will be really grateful for that help from you. Thank you, Emma. No worries. um, I look forward to... My nut roast. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll speak again. It was great to speak to you. And I'm you. Well,
1: sure you need a bit more week of recovery and you'll be yeah. you'll be on fighting fit. I again. will be fighting fit,
0: absolutely. <laughs> All right then we'll take care, Emma, and thanks. Take again. Care. Honestly, we really do um, just not stop talking. So it goes on. And I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Lots of top tips there from Emma. And yeah, if you have any other more questions, you know that you can always contact me on Let Life Be Yoga on Instagram. Or why don't you email me, Annie at Let Life Be Yoga. There might be questions you have, whether it's to do with nutrition or symptoms or just wanted to have a chat with me, I'd love you to. If you have anybody that you know would be a great guest on here, do write to me. Um, I'm always looking for lovely guests to talk to. Otherwise, it'll be me, you know, rattling around, speaking to myself. And listeners, don't forget that I'm still teaching online and in person now. And I have a new studio if you uh, live in Croydon or Purley, or Selsden, or anywhere around that area, um, I'm teaching at a new studio in South Croydon from the 23rd of November, that's 2021, just in case this has come out of the archive, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to this podcast in years to come, but anywho, I'm sure I'll still be there teaching, so do join me, and write to me soon Have a beautiful day and take care. Lots of love, everybody. Remember, love yourselves. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe and leave a review and rating. Well, if it's good. Or better still, let me know if you've got any I don't know how it happened moments or maybe a question on the menopause. You can message me on Instagram at LetLifeBeYoga Facebook at Let Life Be Yoga, or why don't you Let Life Be Yoga? You could come and do a class with me. Why not? I've been your host, Annie Hayes-Pantony, and I really hope you join me again soon. Take care.